Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 12th of December, 2023. Flyers back in action tonight. They're going to wrap up their three-game road trip tonight in Nashville when they take on the Predators. They've gotten wins in game one and game two of the road trip. We'll see if they can make it a clean sweep of these three teams that started in Arizona, that 4-1 win against the Arizona Coyotes to start it off last Thursday. Then Colorado on Saturday, that was the 5-2 win where they went into the third period, up a goal, 3-2, but skated off with a 5-2 win. And then tonight, it'll be in Nashville before returning home Thursday to take on the Washington Capitals, who sit just behind the Flyers in the standings. And uh, we'll get our first look at the Caps this year. And then Detroit coming up on Saturday at Wells Fargo Center as well. What are the standings? What's the situation? Well, let's give you the details on that right after I tell you the Flyers Daily is presented by Ticketmaster, Make More Memories Live, and that if the Flyers get a bunch of assists tonight, like the other night where they had seven, uh, the Flyers and Penn Medicine with the Penn Medicine Assist will donate 30 pounds of food to communities in need for every Flyers assist. So like seven the other night, 210 pounds of food. Not a bad deal. Good stuff uh, for the Flyers when they tally some goals. Uh, Nashville comes into the game tonight. Uh, 28 games played, a record of 15-13-0. and 30 points. They're sitting in the fourth spot in the Central Division of the Western Conference, and they are plus one in goal differential. Seven and three in their last 10. They did win their last one. They've actually been running pretty good of late. They had a six-game win streak, halted by two losses against Minnesota and the New York Rangers. Then they won three straight, lost one against Toronto, and won their last one. So they've been playing pretty good hockey Uh, for a little while now, going back really to November 18th. And prior to that, uh, they had lost six out of seven. Uh, But like I said, they're a team right now that is pointing in the right direction, playing pretty darn good. They got a really good goaltender uh, in UC Soros, one of the best uh, players in the league, or certainly one of the best defensemen in the league in Roman Yossi. Uh, Philip Forsberg's having a very good start to the season, 31 points through 28 games, 14 of those goals, 10 assists on the power play. Ryan O'Reilly becoming now an ageless wonder, 28 games. He's got 22 points. Yossi third in points with 22 as well. And they got Nyquist up there with 18 and Colton Sissons as well. And uh, the goaltender, somebody asked me this the other day because the Flyers got the backup goaltender against Colorado. You know, when will the Flyers stop seeing backup goaltenders? Well, part of that sometimes depends on when you play a team on the schedule, if they're on a back-to-back. But all things being equal, if they're not, I think that that's, that time is probably coming. Um, teams are not going uh, to prefer to start their backup against the Flyers, considering how the first third now of this NHL season has gone. And I imagine we'll see UC Soros tonight, who's played 22 games. He's got a record of a 12-10 and 10 on the year, uh, a 2.83 goals against average, and a 9.08 save percentage. So I think that we'll probably see UC Soros uh, for the Preds coming up tonight in Nashville. And I saw this tweet from Jordan Hall from NBC Sports Philly, and uh, he puts this out. Jordan's always got great nuggets. Since their loss to the Sharks, when was that? The Flyers played the Sharks and lost back on November 7th. Since then, the Flyers have a record in 14 games of 10-3-1s. That is 21 standings points. The 21 points are the most in the NHL basically from November 10th until now. So it, it 
we see it every day. We live it every day because we see the team playing well. But to put some perspective on it, that since that date, since that loss against the Sharks, Flyers 10-3-1, most points in the NHL since November 10th. And they've played some pretty darn good teams in there. You look at who some of the teams they beat. They beat the Los Angeles Kings. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights. They beat the New York Islanders. Yeah, they lost to the Islanders, too. They lost to the Rangers. They lost to Carolina. Um, they got an overtime point against the Devils. They beat Pittsburgh not once but twice. They beat Arizona, and they beat Colorado. So they've beaten some pretty good teams in there as well. Where is this all leading? Who knows? Who remains to be seen? But they've gotten the first two wins on this road trip, and they'll look to get their next one coming up tonight and sweep this trip and and really make it a great trip before heading back and taking on some teams in the division. Now, here's the Flyers' uh, uh, last four games. They, as I said, they beat Pittsburgh 4-3 to in the shootout. Uh, they beat the Penguins 2-1 to in overtime. Then the 4-1 win over Arizona and a 5-2 win uh, against Colorado. And tonight they're facing a team in Nashville – you know, they've got some really good players, Nashville does. When it look when you look at goals allowed per games played or goals for per games played, you know, Nashville's not a team that's gonna be up there at the top of the NHL. They're scoring three point zero seven goals per game. They're also giving up three point zero seven goals per game. Where are they at when it comes to the power play? As I mentioned, uh uh, Philip Forsberg's got 10 assists on the power play, but does that necessarily mean that their power play is up there amongst the best in the league? You know, we talked about it the other night with Colorado. They had some they have some great power play players, but they weren't at the top of the power play standings, at least not you would you would think they would have been much, much higher uh, than they were. Nashville, right around the middle of the pack, 21.2%, and they are 14th in the NHL. Penalty killing, they're at 76.7% which has them ranked right now in the league at 24. So power or PK, not that good. Uh, maybe an opportunity for the Flyers to get on the power play and uh, do some damage and uh, keep improving that power play. It's been improved over that stretch, like we talked about, where they've gone 10-3-1 and uh, on that tweet that Jordan Hall put out. Uh, we'll see if they can continue to improve on that and make it something that they can rely on. That's what will be key uh, for this Flyers team going forward uh, in this next third of the season. We'll break down into smaller bite-sized pieces, but uh, that will be key for the Flyers over that period of time. So I want to get back to our, in this episode, back to our evaluation, uh, Flyers' first 25 grades. Now, they've played now more than 25 games, obviously. Uh, They've played now 27 games. They have a record of 15, 10, and 2. So we'll grade the Flyers' defensemen on the first 27 games. Again, this isn't a recent stretch. This isn't the last couple of games. Like when we look at Cam York, for instance, uh, maybe he got off to a little bit of a slower start, but has really started to to come on lately in both his defending and his offensive instincts and offensive abilities and production. Uh, So we'll look at all that stuff. Sean Walker got off to a great start. He's cooled a little bit, still been good defensively, but hasn't been as much of a wow factor. Maybe that's partially because we now know what Sean Walker is when a lot of us maybe didn't know a whole heck of a lot about Sean Walker when he first got here to Philadelphia uh, coming over from uh, Los Angeles. So when we look at the Flyers' D, and I brought this up to John Tortorella yesterday when I taped Hockey and Hounds with him, I said, do you ever recall a situation where you played 10-D 27 games into a season? He couldn't believe that the number was 10. That's a lot of different D guys. A lot of times you won't play 10 different D men in an entire season, let alone 10 
in your first 27 games of the season. Here's the 10 that they've played. Sanheim, York, Walker, Sealer, Zamula, Stahl, Ristolainen, Emil Andre, Victor Metti, and Louis Belpedio. Those are the 10. And Torch brought up the fact that there's a couple of guys, a couple of blue liners down with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms that they want to get a look at. Maybe that's Adam Yinning. You know, a guy that already has made his NHL debut. Um, maybe we get a look at a guy like Ronnie Adderd. That could take that number all the way up to 12. That's a big number when you're talking about how many guys dress for your team on your blue line. And it's good organizational depth. Because the fact of the matter is, is that these 10 have played. And that the team is sitting in the second spot in their division despite having played 10 different defensemen. That's stunning. So let's go through them one by one here and give some grades, and then we're going to give a grade to the decor as a unit. Let's start with Travis Sanheim. That's the, the obvious, most likely place to start. And he's played in all 27 games. We know that Travis Sanheim uh, had a year last year that was a down year for him. Uh, never really seemed to get on top of his game. It seemed as if him and John Tortorella just weren't on the same page and you know, couldn't get the level of his game where he wanted it to. He was coming off the, the broken foot that he uh, had happened to him in Worlds. We didn't know that last year, but if that was a factor, a hockey player will never use it as an excuse anyway. Uh, but Travis Sanheim this summer went away, um, heard his name in trade rumors, and look, I mean, I think the organization pretty much at this point has all but confirmed that they tried to trade him. And they tried to get Tory Krug, and Tory Krug didn't waive his no-trade clause. And one of the reasons why Travis Sanheim is here is because that happened, something totally out of his control. But did Travis Sanheim sit around all summer and mope about it and come in here and be like, oh, they don't want— No. And to me, this is the first element when considering his grade, is the fact that he didn't do that. He came in, he used it as motivation. He used it as a way to— attack this season from a different headspace, saying, you know what? I can give more. I can affect our games more. Not only that, he's moving to the right side. He's played right side in the past, but now he's playing right side in the NHL pretty much exclusively. So that's a big switch as well. He's second in the NHL only by a second to John Carlson in average time on ice. Again, he's played all 27 games. He has three goals, 17 assists, and 20 points. 25-38 nice time. Uh, he's got four power play assists. We've seen he's got a shorthanded assist. We've seen, you know, power moves from him bringing the puck up the ice and going hard to the net. We saw a prime example of that against Colorado on the Joel Farabee goal. He drops the shoulder and goes hard to the net. He put on 20 pounds of muscle, hasn't affected his skating. But overall this season, when you look at the performance that he has put in trying to defend the opposition top lines, night in and night out. It has not been an easy task. But when you look at what he's done so far this season, and I don't want to compare it to expectations. I just want to kind of look at it on its whole. I mean, he is a solid A. He has not been perfect. And I think at top bearing D, you can't expect perfection because you're going against the opposition top line or top two lines, game in and game out. And they're going to get, they're going to eat. They're going to get there sometimes. So it hasn't been perfect. And like the game against the Rangers, the giveaway to the middle when Kreider just knocks that puck down and scores. You know, those things are going to happen. When you're playing damn near 26 minutes a night, those things are going to happen. 
But overall, the attitude he has come in here with, uh, the things you hear him saying, he is a solid A. He is a leader on this team. He looks completely different. And it was one of the big questions going into this year. If Ivan Provorov's not here, who's going to take those minutes? Who's going to take those roles? And it's Travis Sanheim. And if you would have asked me last year if that was going to be a recipe for this team to take a step forward or take a step backwards or stay flat, I would have said stay flat or go backwards. But since Ivan Provorov's out of here, Travis Sanheim has grabbed the con of the defensive room and led. So for that, he gets an A. All right, let's go to his D partner. Let's go to Cam York. So Sanheim with the A. Cam York's played in all 27 games as well. He's got four goals on the year, seven assists, 11 points. He's playing 22-14 a night. Now, he's a young guy. You know, Cam York is a young guy in this league. Still has not played a ton of games in the NHL. But Cam York handling that top pair very well also. Another big reason why they are where they are. And it's not because of the offensive elements that he adds. He was taken off the power play for a period of time. He needs to be their PP1 quarterback. And it looks like he's back in that role now. Um, but really, the big step for Cam York for me is defending and defending off the rush. He looks so good off the rush because he's such a malleable skater. He's on, totally under control. Some guys skate and it looks like their limbs are flying everywhere and it's out of control. You know why? Because it is. Cam York, calm, cool, smooth, everything's under control. If a guy moves, I can move with him because I'm on I'm just balanced. He's got great balance as a skater. And that helps you in those, you know, odd man rush situations. That's been a big step up for Cam York. Um, some of the offensive things are coming, and that, and that's a great thing. That needs to be part of his game. The fact that he cho- John Tortorella told us this last week on Hockey and Hounds. Uh, there was a five-on-four situation late in the game, or five-on-three. And Cam York and Travis Konechny were turning around to John Torres said, give, give us a chance, make it a six-on-three. Pull the goalie and make it a six-on-three. He did. They scored. They tied the game. I think that was against the Devils. You know, those are things that you want to see from him. A guy that wants to get after it. He's very laid back. He's a very cool California chill kid. And we do mistake that sometimes for effort and belly and being a gamer, all that stuff. Uh, but Cam York's had a very good first third of the season. I'm going to give him a B plus. You know, big part of that too is that he's playing on the top pair with just like for Travis Anheim is not an easy task. Uh, let's go to uh, Sean Walker because again, this is a guy we didn't know much about. He comes in, 27 games played. He's got three goals, eight assists, 11 points. He's got over 21 minutes of ice time, average per night, and he's a guy that I think just fits the system really well. He fits that spot in on the second pair really well. He's had really good chemistry with Nick Sealer, and the second pair has been very good. They don't get all the tough matchups. They get some tough matchups, not to the same degree as the top pair, um, but he's had a very good start to his Flyers career, and I'm going to give Sean Walker a solid B-plus as well. Nick Sealer, I mean, 27 games played, no goals, seven assists. Um, as John Tortorella said, it's, it's not always pretty. Uh, but it's effective, and he's just a gamer, a guy that you know you can rely on in so many facets. He's never going to wow you. He might wow you. He had a great goal last year. Uh, he's not really a guy that's going to wow you across the board, though, but he's a gamer. He's a solid B every night. See, the thing about Sealer is his best game 
is a solid B, B plus. His worst game is maybe a B minus. There, he he doesn't throw in a D or an F ever. He, the 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 gap between his best game and his worst game is very tight, and that's a good thing, especially on a second pair. So Nick Sealer, uh, we'll give him a solid B as well. Let's go to Igor Zamula, who's been in and out of the lineup. And Zamula's a guy that came into the year, we're going, okay, he's coming off an injury. Is he going to be ready? How's he going to be after rehabbing this summer? He came in and hit the ground running. I thought he had a great camp. Um, I know Danny Briere and, and John Tortorella have talked about his camp. It was a really good camp in preseason. Got into the season, got a little overwhelmed, has been in and out of the lineup at times. Um, but Zamula's played now in 20 games this year. He's got a goal and three assists, four points. He is a plus nine on the year. He's averaging over 15 minutes of ice time, mostly in third-pairing role. I think he's had some games that are really good. I think he's had some games which were pretty shaky, and you had to kind of shield him. Overall, I would probably give him a B-, C+. I'm not expecting a ton yet from him. And coming off that injury, I think that does play a part. I'd like to see a little bit more decisiveness and aggressiveness at times. And aggressiveness doesn't mean checking guys through the boards. He's a big a big guy. The decisiveness with what to do with the, with the puck when the, the Flyers' D creates a turnover to go the other way. I'd like to see him play a little faster in that regard. Um, but he's on in a pretty good stretch right now. I thought he had his best game of the season against Arizona. So we'll see if he can keep it up. So we'll go uh, a C-plus for Igor Zamula. Uh, Mark Stahl uh, comes into the Flyers you know, knowing he's not going to be a guy that's going to play all 82 games, and he got hurt and we missed a month. And even since he's been back, he's been in and out of the lineup. He's not going to block any kids from playing. He's played in 11 games total. He's got no goals, no assists, and those 11 games played just over 13 minutes. Uh, he's 36 years of age. He's played a long time in the league. I think his biggest value is how he can help young players learn to be a pro. Uh, but Mark Stahl, I mean, it's such a small sample size for him. I, I think when he first got back from the injury, it was rough getting his legs back under him. I thought he played okay in the beginning of the year, so we'll just give him a C. I'm not going to ding him too hard for you know, getting a little bit of a slow start after going to a cup final with Florida and then getting hurt, missing a month, and then a little bit of a slow start back. I thought he had a good game against... You know, a couple games ago, I thought he played really well. So I just don't know that we've seen enough consistency of play uh, for Mark Stahl um, to really go deep on his grade. But um, another guy that's played double-digit games on the blue line for the Flyers. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. You know, Risto didn't play at all in the preseason. I don't think he played in the preseason. Uh, Didn't play at all prior to just a couple weeks ago. He's now played seven straight. He's got uh, no goals and one assist, and he has uh, played just over 16-29 of ice time in his return. He's been playing mostly third pair on the right side, but I think one of the big things with Risto was the question of coming into the season, is he, are we going to have to start over with that process of getting him to play with some guardrails? You know, not over running plays or not breaking out of structure to try and make a physical play. He's coming in and picked up right where he left off last year. I think he's looked really good uh, in the seven games. But, again, small sample size. But I'll give Risto a B-plus because it is the Risto that we saw in the final two-thirds of last year, which was far and away his best year as an NHLer. Not from a point perspective, but from a defending perspective. So, And it's also 
opened up a lot of eyes around the league. He's a guy that I, th- I think teams are calling the Flyers about trying to acquire. So we'll see where that goes as the season moves forward as well. Louis Belpedio. Now, Louis Belpedio comes in, 27 years of age, kind of this depth guy, kind of in this Nick Sealer mold a little bit. You know, hasn't really caught on at the NHL, has gotten called up, played decently, gotten some games, ultimately gets sent back down. He's played 12 games for the Flyers. He's got two goals, two assists, four points, played over 13 minutes of ice time. You know, for, for what we expected out of Louis Belpedio, I didn't even know that we would see Louis Belpedio this year. He solid B. He's come in and done his job, did it well, and we'll we'll see Louis Belpedio before the year is over again, I would imagine. A lot of people have this perception that he's an old guy. He's only 27, so he's not that old. Um, so we have seen a, a good amount of Louis Belpedio. Uh, Emil Andre uh, did have some games with the Flyers, and you know there were some injuries and some opportunity for him. He played four games with the Flyers so far this season. Uh, pointless in those four games, minus one. Uh, played exactly 13 minutes average of ice time. And again, such a small sample size. I, sending Emil to the AHL, to me, was the no-brainer move. No matter To me, it was almost as if no matter how good he looked, you needed to send him there just so he could learn how to be a pro in North America. And, you know, through four games, he made some mistakes. He made some plays. So, I mean, we'll just give him a B uh, for... I didn't. I don't think he's ready for the NHL. I think he needs that at least two thirds of a season with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms before you know you want to call him up here. Um, so I, I think he's got a bright future, though. I really like the IQ on him. I like the awareness he has on the ice, and I, I don't get afraid of those guys smaller in stature. He's thick. I think he'll handle himself at the NHL level just fine. But he gets a B for the four games that he played here. Didn't wow me. Didn't wow anybody. But came up and kind of gave you what you expected and didn't look out of place. And that's a good sign for the future. And then the last one is Victor Metti, who, by the way, is only 25. I think he's played 247 NHL games. He only played one game for the Flyers. Kind of unfair to give him a grade. Played 10 minutes and 52 seconds in the one game. But let's look at the overall grade from this team defensively this year. And this has probably been... You know, the number one reason, there's, I think there's, outside of individual players, I think there's three elements as to why the Flyers are sitting in the second spot in the Metropolitan Division. And don't say just because they've played a couple more games than some of the other teams. I, I think the reasons that they're there is, one, the pace for which they play, how much faster they are in transition, how they attack opposition, and how they defend the neutral zone. Because what that has done is has them defending in zone, their own zone, much less. That's number one. Number two, I think, you know, another reason why they're just doing better defensively this year is all the work that went in last year of play without the puck and structure. Guys come in in year two, they know what to expect, and they know how to execute the defensive structure, and now they know how to lead it to offense quickly. That's a big thing. And then number three, and this is in tandem with the defense, it's been the defense and the predictability of environment for goaltenders. That's a huge thing. Enormous thing. A bad D will drag down the best of goaltenders. A bad goaltender will drag down the best of D in a lot of times. But overall, when you look at where they are on the season, the PK has been enormous. 
They're clicking at 86.2% on the penalty kill, and they lead the NHL with seven shorthanded goals. That's a huge element as well. They give up 2.7 goals per game. I often talk about the best teams in the league, the teams that are most equipped to do some damage in a season and in a playoff are the teams that can keep the puck out of their net. I don't look at the teams that score the most if they can't keep the puck out of their net. you got to be able to keep it out of your net. Flyers right now, ninth in the NHL, 2.70 goals per game allowed. The top teams, number one, the Kings, 720 winning percentage, points percentage. The Vegas Golden Knights, number two in the NHL, 741 points percentage. The Boston Bruins, 750 points percentage, number three. The Florida Panthers, 667 points percentage, number four. The Vancouver Canucks, 661 points percentage, number five. Pittsburgh Penguins, 481 points percentage, number six. They're an outlier. The Winnipeg Jets, 654 points percentage, number seven. The Rangers, 750 points percentage, tied for the tops in the NHL, number eight. And just one thousandth, one hundredth higher than the are the Flyers higher. So the Rangers give up 2.69 goals per game. Flyers give up 2.70, ninth in the NHL. That's a big reason. So the decor as a whole, with all of those things considered, they got an they got an A minus. I didn't think they'd be better going into this year. They are clearly better. They are clearly better as a five man unit defending. They're clearly better with their personnel on their blue line, and they've played 10 guys to do it. I think when we're all said and done this year, they will have played 12 different guys on their blue line. Staggering number. All right, Flyers-Nashville tonight. They'll wrap up the three-game road trip. We'll break it down tomorrow on a brand-new episode of Flyers Daily.